Are you ready for the most ridiculous internet sports show you have ever seen? Welcome to React, home of the most outrageous and hilarious videos the web has to offer. So join me, Rocky Theus, and my co-host, Raiders Pro Bowl defensive end, Max Crosby, as we invite your favorite athletes, celebrities, influencers, entertainers in for an episode of games, laughs, and of course, the funniest reactions to the wildest web clips out there. Catch Reacts on YouTube, and that is Reacts, R-E-A-X-X. Don't miss it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regressing to the mean since 2015, it's the Hockey PDO Cast with your host, Dmitry Filipovich. Welcome to the Hockey PDO Cast. My name is Dmitry Filipovich, and joining me is Tyler Dello. We're recording in his apartment in Toronto. Um, we've got a live audience here, Lady with, B, uh, with uh, Tyler's dog. Well, Tyler's cat. I was going to say dog. Oh, yeah. No, that's a uh, cat. It's very dog. clearly a cat. Dogs um, are different kinds of animals. Yeah, I've been told. Um, so if you hear strange noises or purring or all that, I mean, sometimes it might be you or I, but it's probably the cat. <laughs> probably Lady V. Um, so we're recording this on, what is it, man, yesterday was so just crazy and tiring. Um, it's Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday. Where were you yesterday? Were you at Sportsnet? I was, yeah, I was at the, um, at the CBC studio down on, uh, front and around John front Wellington. I don't know. I'm not from here, but I, and did you have any like official responsibilities? Were you changing John Shannon's jacket every hour or something? (laughs) No, I wasn't. He was probably the second most sharply dressed man after me, though. So that's, yeah, well, he okay. did some turtlenecks. But, it's true. Uh, it's true. Well, oh, I made the grave mistake of not wearing one yesterday and posting a picture of my suit. I mean, apparently a three-piece suit isn't enough for people these days. You got to have the turtleneck. So. No, I think once you adopt sort of a uh, Mike Myers Sprockets-esque turtleneck as your uh, as your sort of official image, you're kind of stuck with it. Well, I mean, Dimitri is uh, head to toe in black today in the turtleneck, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> It's a, it's a one piece turtleneck. It's um, a one piece. Um, Some no, sort I was of unitard. Yeah, I was. Um, I don't know why I was doing this, but I was the. I was in charge of writing the recap from a Winnipeg Jets perspective. Um, For the website, yeah. Um, and so I did that. You can check that out on Sportsnet.ca. There's some brand synergy. Um, but I was just kind of sitting in the studio, and it was really fun because I didn't actually make it on TV, but I was just hanging out in the green room, and obviously. I feel like some of the conversations that are going on in there, unfortunately, we can't talk about on this podcast, but some of like the anecdotes and stories, obviously, you've got old GMs and players and some of the stories you hear are uh, pretty interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked that Coley Armstrong story about the guys playing a prank on him that he was traded and then he actually got traded. Well, I was sitting there um, when they were talking about uh, three ways. and yes. And it was, you know, what's funny with that was you could see that like Whitney was like laughing at it like it's a joke, and so was I, I don't know. So was uh, Colby. I think the rest of them. I, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, Uncle Jeff was like, "God, don't make a three way joke live on TV." Yeah, he was pretty uncomfortable. It was pretty funny. I mean, obviously, uh, those guys are, uh, are are a hoot. Um, okay, so 
we're going to do a little bit of a uh, trade deadline recap. All right. What we're happened? Not, we're not going to go trade by trade. We're just going to let's do sort of a winners and losers type of thing. And I don't even have the trades in front of me. I don't even have a list. I haven't really even thought about it much. We're just we'll bounce back and forth, maybe pick a team each and we'll go from there. Um, I'll let you start since you're the guest. What if you're looking at it from a big picture point of view, which team do you think made the best strides, whether it's for this year or for the future? Uh, I liked Winnipeg going out and getting Stashney. Yeah. I think that was a great acquisition. I don't mind the price they paid. And I just like that the Jets are like all in. Um, you know, I've, I've been pretty high on them now for a couple months. Uh, I was a little early in the year, but I've come around. And, you know, I think Stashney just gives them that extra center down the middle. Yeah. So uh, I'm big on what Winnipeg did. Well, especially with the, and I wrote this in that article I mentioned earlier, but especially with guys like Roslovic and um, and Connor kind of coming into their own, all of a sudden now they really have three, and, and, and their fourth line, which I feel like heading into the year was considered, you know, with Lowry and Cobb was maybe a liability. Yeah, like, now it's awesome. like this matchup line, yeah. And then they have these three scoring lines now, and I think Stasny's going to be perfectly suited for this role. I feel like it's been really tough to evaluate him fairly the past few years because he probably wasn't worth $7 million, which is the blue, which is what the Blues paid because you tend to have to overpay guys in the UFA market. Except do you remember when he signed that deal? Um, like he took less term, right? Only four years. Yep. And so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think people have probably harshly evaluated him mm-hmm. over the last, you know, last deal. But I, I just like... I just like that further depth for Winnipeg. Like you're gonna love the Jets' depth, no matter who they go up against. Yep. And yeah, I know. I know Palmieri's kind of likes to uh, juggle the lines a little bit, but just looking at the fit um, on paper, I mean, I know Stasny played a lot with Tarasenko in, in St. Louis, and it'd be interesting. They're different players, but just in terms of he's a good playmaker. So getting the puck to a guy like Patrick Laine might be an intriguing option. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and you know if they're all healthy, yeah, like that can almost be you know they just have so many options. They could do that like you know run Liney and Stasny is like a soft minutes option, but there's so much they could do. Mm. Um, so no, I, I think Winnipeg, you know, good trade deadline didn't go crazy. Got a player who I think helps them. So uh, go Jets. Well, know. especially in that. I mean, we can agree that the Eastern Conference has most of the best teams in the league at this point, right? Um. Yeah, can we like I don't know like the I mean like, I look at argument. the metro the metro's a dumpster fire yeah but I would say that there's a decent argument to be made that the three best teams in the league are in the and who who do you have there well Tampa Bay Boston and Pittsburgh in some order obviously now with Bergeron out and Matt Murray out yeah uh, I don't know what to make of Pittsburgh but... this year and it's uh, something I've wanted to do but like I've never seen a team that's like got numbers this bad at five on five. Mm-hmm. But has like you know their power play is so good, yeah. Like that they're just overcoming it. it it's crazy. A, a lot of it was percentage driven. I feel like early in the year, and it's kind of come back to earth a little bit, especially with the shooting. Like yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. the goaltending. Maybe it, Matt Murray well, will never be as good. But didn't Niemi have like two games where he let in seventeen goals or like it's yeah. just yeah. well, and that's the thing. Um, you know, context is a bit important because early in the year, I mean, they lost ten nothing to the Blackhawks. Yeah, which is one of those games in hindsight now with how the respective seasons have gone. It's like. What the hell? Like, <laughs> but I think they got smoked by somebody else too. They uh, did. Well, they got, they, sm- but it was all in the second of back-to-backs on the road. So it was at, at Winnipeg, at Tampa Bay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, you know, in the playoffs, that's probably not going to be an issue. And we'll yeah, see. I don't know. Okay, so fair enough. Uh, we'll, well see. We'll okay, see. In a playoff series, would you feel comfortable betting against? The Penguins with not with anyone healthy, not with anyone in the Metro. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if they get to the conference final, right? But you know. Are the Penguins? I don't know. I don't like the Penguins' defense. 
Well, I didn't and, like it last year, and they won. I know, I know, I know. You <laughs> How know. do you explain that, stats boy? Yeah, well, uh, Sid's great. Gino's great, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and you can't deny Phil Kessel. All it's he true. does is win. Yeah, it's just a winner. It is. Yeah, he is. All right, what were we talking about? Okay, um, are we done with the Jets? I mean, I, I think so. I, I think. Look, look. You know, the Western Conference Final, assuming that all sort of unfolds as it should for me, right. is going to be that Central Division Final, right. and it's going to be Winnipeg and Nashville, and. Every, every reporter covering it is going to be secretly cheering for Nashville, even though Winnipeg is lovely in the spring and summer. Yes, but that's going to be an awesome series. And the reason, I guess, why I brought it up was, you know, it makes sense from the Jets' position where um, one of the knocks against Kevin Shevelyoff for years has been his sort of lack of activity or willingness to kind of push his chips in. And it really feels like this is the right time to do so because the Western Conference does feel really wide open. I think, I think Nashville is the only team... I would legitimately be scared of, right? Like, I like other teams there, but they each have their own warts that could be exposed in a playoff series. Yeah. What do you make of what Vegas did, right? Like, I thought it was so funny when Vegas trades for, like, they block whatever they were doing with Broussard, right? So, right. like, people are like, well, they want to block Broussard going to Winnipeg. And I was like, okay, but that doesn't really make any sense to me. Like, if you're Vegas, you're not running into Winnipeg until the conference final at right. the earliest. And even then, it's what you have to get there, plus they have to get there. Like, the odds are, like, worrying about blocking teams from getting somebody that you might play in the third round, it just seems crazy to me. Plus, it wound up backfiring if that was the case, because I I think Paul Stasny is a better player than Ben Broussard, <laughs> so it's like, that didn't work out. Yeah, no, uh, this this is terrible. No, it, it was sort of strange, and, and I, I like, uh, what do you think they do with Ryan Reeves? Like, like who wants Ryan Reeves? I don't know. That was a strange one, and I like Thomas Tatar a lot as a player, but I felt like that was a pretty steep price, um, especially... I know they have a lot of picks, but I don't know, giving up a first, second, and third, even though it's staggered in terms of the years those picks will be happening, was kind of curious. It does sound like they were really all in on the Carlson talks, and then when that wasn't going to come to fruition, they sort of quickly pivoted and went to Thomas Tatar, which, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, he's a dynamic player, and I'm all for them adding more talent, um, but... I don't know, it doesn't really move the needle that much. I was wondering with them, like, do you think that's sort of a sign that they're going to let some people go in the summer? Probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that, to me, might be a case of trying to identify someone to fill the hole in the summer. Is it, because, like, I don't know if you've looked at the summer's free agency market, but oof. It's not, it's not ideal? It's not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, next summer's interesting, but obviously a lot of those players by then will probably be re-signed. Um, okay, so we're done with the Jets. Let's talk about the Lightning. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the Lightning. I, think, I like the Lightning. I think they're the other big winner here. Were they busy? They added a player I've heard of. Um, you know what? What do you think about that trade? Uh, I think they needed another defenseman, mm-hmm. so I like it. Um, I like that they sort of gave up a, you know, like they gave up a pile of things. Right. But like, how do you say that guy's name? Is it Libor Hayek? Yep. Yeah. And Brett Howden. And Brett, Brett Howden. Yep. Um, not Holden. No, as, uh, as Bob. As are we Bob allowed to mention Holden. his name? Yeah, why not? Okay, I mean, Bob he, McKenzie. He, ro- he roasted me in my turtlenecks the other day. So yeah, no, fair enough. So we can mention his name. I, I was confused because I actually went and Google. I was like, Brett Holden. I've never heard of yeah. Brett Holden. Who's this? And sleeper? Bob's just constantly, I know, I know. He sounds, I was like, oof, that doesn't sound like much of a prospect. But the ones I've heard was Brett Howden. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, see, okay, here's what I like about that for, for Tampa, right? Like, to me, they just gave up a bunch of things. But, like, is Libor Hayek going to be a guy you build a team around? No, and that's the problem from the Rangers' perspective for me. Like, I'm all for the being in the business of accruing as many assets as possible, especially since they for years didn't really have any first round picks and they kept trading them away and it's good to rebuild a pipeline, but they didn't really get back like for Ryan McDonough, who is a prime premium asset, did they get back a single 
blue chip building block piece like they got to pick which can be anything right yeah but, but those, those two first will probably if it's Tampa one first top, yeah yeah let's say they get both those first yeah they're gonna be like what so one's gonna be 31st and yeah the other's gonna be like 28th or 29th oh, i don't know maybe tampa could lose in the first round this year if they lost in the first round then it might be 20 22nd <laughs> so Great. 23rd yeah this is where some rangers fans gonna be like oh well this player eight years ago got picked 22nd and he turned out really good so it's like yeah but see that to me comes back to you know the difficulty with trading high-end talent is yeah. um you know all you're going to do is get a bunch of stuff and you know because nobody's giving you a player Nobody's giving you a player who they think is a high-end player, or right. like like you know no like those prospects who get drafted and then they're doing great. They're impossible. You're not getting them, um, and so so you're left with um, stuff. You're left with stuff. Yeah. yeah, and you know I don't know the Rangers got a bunch. Like to me, to me, I would always want picks uh, because you know Tampa traded those guys because they don't think they're going to be stars. Yep. You know, so so give me the pick where there's a chance that I'll pick a star, because that's what you know ultimately any rebuild needs is sort of high end uh, drivers. Yeah, and or, I, or Tyler Mott. Okay, we'll get to the Canucks. Okay, okay. Um, well, the, and the, you know there was a lot of noise being coming out of Tampa about um, how they were going to try to maximize Vlad Nemestikov while they still could, and I mean you sort of saw that with the fact that how they were using him and obviously he was racking up the counting stats playing in a very cushy role with Stamkos and Kucherov both on the power play of 515 and coming up with arbitration rights I feel like he was going to get paid pretty nicely for that and it makes yeah. sense that they would sell high on him I, I like him as a player I think he's perfectly fine but I, I don't think he's like you're going to put him in on your first or second line and he's going to be driving the bus for you so right and that's that's another, another example like where the Rangers just didn't get and 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 you can't blame them like when you're making those trades when you're selling off parts mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, like to me, I guess, yeah, draft picks are, draft picks are, I would rather have draft picks. So like, like, I don't know. What do you think you could trade Libor Hayek and what's his name for Brett Howden? Will they get you a first round pick? Probably not. Probably not? No, no, not. I mean, like what team are you doing that yeah, deal with? Yeah, <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. It gets, it gets tricky. I, I just, and I guess both those guys were second round picks, yeah. right? I think Hayek was mm-hmm. like 37 or something. Maybe Howden yeah. was anyway. They were pretty high, yeah. Yeah, they're like high second rounders. I don't know. I just, I just, you know, to me, if I'm rebuilding, I want as many chances of finding a star as possible. Well, do you think there's something in the idea that, like, I think people generally in hockey circles believe that the Lightning are a very good uh, drafting and developing team? And I, I, I would honestly subscribe to the theory that maybe if you're another team, you're looking and you're like, hey, like, clearly they like these guys. And I mean, obviously, you could yeah. make the argument, like, why are they trading them yeah. if they like them yeah. so much? But. I did a, I did a story, or I tweeted, I didn't do a story. I tweeted something once and someone else did a story. It might have been Sean Gentilly. Mm. So I'll credit Sean. There we go. If it was someone else, my I'm former, sorry. My former boss. Your former boss. Yeah. Um, at the Sporting News. Yes. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you said the Sporting News because that's where this was. Yes. But I looked at sort of what happens when teams trade for, pros- like, drafted prospects and i think i just looked at so I, I had a tweet i think about first rounders and saying that you know it seems to me like when a first a guy picked in the first round gets traded he never pans out mm-hmm. and um and and it's crazy like like you know when you actually and and so gentilly went and did the legwork and good for him because i like just having ideas and other people do the work right and and it looked like it panned out and um and so i you know 
You just wonder. You wonder, you know, you wonder how those will pan out because I think teams hold on to the best ones pretty tight. Yeah. And those guys that don't pan out keep getting shot after shot because they were a former first round yeah, pick. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And then they end up uh, at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I don't think there's that much more to say. Like, Ryan McDonough is a really good player. The Lightning are going to have two cracks in the cup with him. Um, he slots in nicely. I'm not really concerned about the fact that. You know, he's not a natural righty and they need one of those. I think he's a good enough player that they're going to make it work. So, I don't, are, before this trade, would you have said that the Lightning were the best team in the East? And if not, are they now coming out of this deadline? I liked Boston a lot. Uh, like, like, what worried me about the Lightning going into this trade was, like, they seemed like a pretty flat possession team. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like they've, they've, they've been around 50 all year. Yeah. Like, they haven't really been... You know, that 52-53 that we see from a lot of cup winners. Right. So that's been kind of, uh, that's been kind of an issue with me. Mm. Um, you know, that's an issue. That's, 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 that's something where I've had a real issue. Uh, they do have the, I, I feel like, obviously it's not an ideal thing to rely on, but they, they do have the prime talent that could probably. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, I said this about Winnipeg earlier this year, like Winnipeg reminded me a little bit of the Pittsburgh team. Like this is early in the year when they were struggling mm-hmm. to, you know, get possession. Yep. Um, they reminded me a little bit of that Pittsburgh team that went to the final in 07, 08. You remember that one that was like a crappy possession team? Right. But it's just like, if you got, you know, if you got two guys who are going to run their lines at 11%, you yeah. know, you can live with it. That's true. So, so yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Now, at the same time, though, like they had been running cold for, for some time. So, so what I like about this is I think it lets them organize their defense a little better. Yeah. And like if they want, you know, they can, I guess I'm thinking, so they got three lefties and a righty in the top four, right? Mm-hmm. With, yeah, they're hope, well. They're hoping McDonough will shift over to the right side. I okay, okay, so so they can run. I'm just trying to think of like how I would do it. I'd probably run Sergachev with Strawman and then run Hedman and McDonough as like the tough pair, the tough minutes. Uh, that would be. Yeah, I'd love to see those two guys play together. I feel like it'd be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess the other thing, like, like there's so much you could do. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is like they've had some faith in Girardi this year, and he's been, you know, I think in fairness, serviceable. To, in fairness to Steve Eiserman, because a lot of people kind of chuckled when they made that move. He's been uh, he's been pretty good. He has. Okay. Um, so we got the Lightning. We got the Jets. What else stood out to you? Do you want to talk about the Canucks? It's always fun to talk okay, about yeah, the Canucks. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, what did you think of the Canucks uh, deadline day, Dimitri? All right. Um, I want my producer to, uh, to get ready to use the bleep button right now because <laughs> um, this is a, a, a kid-friendly show. I know a lot of uh, parents listen to this with their kids in the car or putting their babies to sleep, um, but I have no idea what the, f- the Canucks are doing. Uh, so here's the deal they're the 28th ranked team this year yep they're heading into the deadline with two assets that are expiring uh, that are impending free agents in we got, we got some noise in the back that's, that's um, upstairs we, with, uh, with Thomas Vanek and Eric Branson right so they choose to re-sign Eric Branson to a three year 12 million dollar deal mystifying and then they turn Thomas Vanek into UC Okunin's contract and Tyler Mott. Now, this is a team that, under Jim Benning, has routinely um, given away more picks and trades than they've gotten back, and they've been rebuilding this entire time with Jim Benning behind the wheel. Yep. And he's been pegged as this quote-unquote draft guru who's supposed to be some sort of master master scout that is going to kill it in the draft. And he's made some nice picks. But I think there's a, a general lack of understanding how the draft works with this regime, and it's mind-blowing that they continue to operate this way considering 
like they're trying not to bottom out because they think the Vancouver market can sustain a team that's not successful, yet they've been the second or third worst team in the league since Jim Benning took over. Well, we'll see though, you know, like I think people in Vancouver are going to get burned out on that at some point. Like like at some point they're just they're you know, the Canucks can keep talking, but people aren't going to buy it. It's interesting. I was surprised when they extended Benning. Um how many Vancouver people, like I saw some polls, some people seemed, you know, like they were okay with it. And I, I think that there's I think that there is an element of um you know, the people that you and I talk to uh, or the people that, you know, like that ad hockey dipshit who's a great follow for, yeah, yeah. I get all my Canucks information through him. He's awesome. He's very entertaining. Uh, you know, like, like those people are not necessarily uh, the typical Vancouver Canucks fan. Yeah. And a lot of people right now are comfortable with where it's going. Now, you know, I've said this before, but I feel like I've seen this movie with the Canucks before, um, you know, with the Oilers sort of, you know, rebuild that started in 2006. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I think people will get frustrated because I don't really see it going anywhere. Um, you know, in fairness to Benning, he said that they didn't have an offer of a pick for Vanek. So I don't know what he can do. There. I don't buy that. Based you don't on, buy Based it. on the rest of the market. Yeah. Like, you're telling me they couldn't have gotten a fourth or fifth round pick? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess if he's lying, he's lying. But, you know, he always seems like a fairly honest guy to I me. I mean, Mark Letestu went for a fourth. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I think how he does, just waited. How does Mark Letestu get a fourth, but not Thomas Vanek? Well, well, I just think he probably waited a bit too long, and the market might have dried up. And eventually, by the time he was ready to deal Vanek, there wasn't a pick available. But I find it hard to believe that during this entire process, someone wouldn't have given up a fourth or a fifth or something like, which is yeah. a better asset than whatever. They yeah, got. no, fair enough. His issue may well have been that he just, you know. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with like he might have just played it wrong or yeah. read it wrong, and I don't know these things. I, you know, I was gonna say there's nothing wrong with that, but on the other hand, um, you didn't have to be like when you looked at that market and how saturated it was with wingers. Maybe they should have just been like, as soon as you get something halfway acceptable, cash in and get out. Yeah. So I I don't know I like and I, like I look at Tyler Mott. I'm like, what's even the point? You know, yeah. like uh, is he gonna be a fourth liner? Like it's I don't know. It's just uh, to me. You know, I don't have any faith that the current Vancouver group will get it right. Mm. And so, you know, maybe they'll win a couple lotteries. But outside of that, <laughs> it's just, you know, we're just killing time there until until Aquilini goes, okay, it's trying for something new. Yep. Um, all right, that's enough about the Canucks. I'm, it's it's depressing. No one likes to talk here about this. Um, another takeaway I had was there were a couple teams there that I'm intrigued by that kind of just stood pat. And maybe it's because they don't really know what their own team is and they just felt uncomfortable pushing some chips in like the flames for example i really like that team it's kind of bizarre to me that their main move was picking up chris stewart who is now apparently going to play on the top line it's like <laughs> well I, you know i assume i assume Berkland, yeah uh will get that roll back yeah. when, when when he gets healthy but yeah that that was kind of strange i don't know i like if you're calgary uh i think it's hard to you know bet more on that team um they should be you know, better than, than, than where they are. And it's funny, eh? like a lot of people have said this, but they aren't unlike Nashville last year. Uh, you know, they're sort of scraping and, you know, clawing to maybe get eighth place. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think you agree with this. They seem like a team that's, that's better than that. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess there's two ways of looking at it. One way to look at it is, you know, for Calgary, an extra point or two in the standings would be massive, but I'm not really sure what they could do. Right. Like it's, you know, was there a third line out there they could acquire, keeping in mind that they dealt a bunch of picks for Hamannick? Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. And, I mean, th- under this regime, they've kind of made it clear that they don't really want to be giving up assets for rentals either. So it's like, 
yeah, there were guys like Mike Hoffman available, but for what price? And maybe they just were uncomfortable with that and it makes sense, but it's kind of disappointing. Another team is the Dallas Stars, who I really like, but it's kind of weird. Like they literally did nothing yesterday. And I don't know I don't know what trade there was to be had or even what they would do, but it just seemed weird to me for a team that is kind of on the precipice of being really, really good that they were just like, eh. We'll just wait this out. Yeah, but again, like, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like, what was out there? Like, you know, what didn't move that could have moved? Why wouldn't okay, Why wouldn't Dallas have given up a fifth-round pick for Thomas Vanek? Because you know what? Like, here's the thing. I don't think Thomas Vanek, Thomas Vanek makes a difference. Like, he's a guy who's in the NHL. Yeah. But does he does he make a difference? I don't think so. As a fourth-liner on your power play, why not? Well, because does, does Dallas have power play problems? I don't know. what. How's their second unit running? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, like I, I don't know. I, I just... I just, oh, let's go get Thomas Vanek so he can play on the second unit in the fourth line. Does he seem like a Ken Hitchcock guy? Oh, well, he doesn't seem like a John Tortorella guy. <laughs> no, no, no. But I just, I just, I find like Thomas Vanek is like the, you know, like the, like right now, he's like the guy, he's like the guy that you get so you can show your owner you went and did something even though you don't hmm. think you should do anything. Right. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, I've got a small piece, Thomas Vanek. Like, I just, I just, I can't. I can't even pretend to care about and like like if you think about like how big is impact like how big of an impact would you expect Tom like is he gonna win you an extra game in the last twenty? Yeah, that's fair. I just ugh, I I don't know. I and the other thing is with Dallas, right? Like if you're Dallas, look at their road to the Western Conference final. It's yeah. uh it's not pretty. It's not ideal. Yeah. yeah, and like I don't know that you're substantially moving your 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 chances there if you go out and add like Thomas Vanek. Mm. So maybe maybe they could have got like a Thomas Vanek, uh, Michael Dalzado combination. Yikes! Yikes! I don't so you get what that. I'm saying, right? Yeah, like it's it's those you know, but like like when I look at the league this year, like to me, there's sort of four teams that seem like there are maybe five if you really like Pittsburgh that kind of seem like they're cut above, mm-hmm. and everybody else. I'm like, do I really want to throw in assets to try and run through that buzzsaw? All right, but what if you're say the Washington Capitals? And I feel like you're, I mean, you're obviously burned by how uh, it went last year with Kevin Shattenkirk, but like, you're also kind of committed to this current group you have. Like, I, I, I just hate the idea of sort of sitting in the middle, like either just give up a bunch of future assets and try to win a cup. And if it doesn't work out, well, shit, at least you tried. And then you go ahead and rebuild after that. But don't. Yeah. Well, what do you think the Caps should have done? Do you think they should have tried well, to get They were it? apparently in on both McDonough and Carlson yesterday. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the price was just too much. Yeah, I guess I, you know, or, or they just didn't have the assets to get it done because yeah. they've done a lot. You know, I don't know. I, I, the Cavs are such a funny team to me. Like I, I'm sure they just, they just look at their division and go, God, it's going to be Pittsburgh again. Yeah. And you know, I'm not sure that they, as an organization have any faith that they can beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think the Capitals are very good this year, which, Yes, it's gonna there's be, also that. It's going to be so hockey when this is the year they win the cup. <laughs> the one year no one's on them. Yeah, I'd be okay with that, though. Just, yeah. you know, like, I'm, I'm at the point where when it comes to cheering for guys to win the cup, I just like the older guys who people are going to be like, you never won a cup. So, you know, <laughs> whether that's Thornton or uh, or Ovechkin, like, yep. guys like that, I just want to see them win their cup so that everyone else can uh, can shut up. Yeah. Although P.K. Saban winning the cup in the parade in Montreal will be great, too. Yes. Um, Maybe Brendan Gallagher can come. Oh, I'm sure he'll get a front row seat. Um, all right, let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor, and we'll uh, we'll pick up the rest of the trade deadline post hoc analysis after that. 
SeatGeek has been with the PDO cast since the very beginning, which is awesome because they're a legitimately fantastic ticket service that I feel very comfortable speaking on since I actually use them myself all the time whenever I'm leaving my hockey bunker at home to uh, either go watch a game in person or see a concert or whatever else. The only issue is that I've talked about them so much by now on here that I honestly don't know what else there is to say. If you've been listening to the show for any time now, you should know the drill. And if you're somehow still not convinced that you need to be using them, then honestly, what's wrong with you? Uh, you need to get with the times, make life easier for yourself. It's, you know, if you're one of those few people that's still using scalpers or Craigslist or any of those other websites to get your tickets, think of it this way. You're basically that old school coach that still thinks you need to be truculent and physical to win hockey games. You're using terms like jam unironically to describe your players. You're looking for grit instead of skill. Whereas myself and all the other seat geek users are over here rolling four lines and skating laps around you and using all the extra time and energy that we've freed up in our lives to just laugh and laugh and laugh. So here's the deal. You download the SeatGeek app, you enter the promo code PDO, and you'll get $20 every first ticket purchase. Then you pick an event you want to go to, and in a matter of seconds, SeatGeek's going to find you the best seats at the best prices that are still available, and it presented for you in a neat color-coded map for you to choose from. And when you pick your tickets and check out, you'll have a clear conscience knowing that what you paid for is exactly what you're going to get because everything's fully guaranteed. So really, there's no reason not to be using them. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code PDO, and you're set. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of all this. Okay. The Devils. So they gave up a second and a third to get Michael Grabner and Patrick Maroon as rentals. I have, I don't, this might be a controversial take. I actually am okay with what they did. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, here's, here's the issue I have with it. Do you think the Devils are real? No. No. What I will say with, as, as, a, as a fan of hockey, yes, I think there's a plausible chance at this point that even though I don't think they're quote-unquote real, that they could sneak into the playoffs. I mean, they're yeah, no, I, no, I, no, I absolutely. I, I've said all year I don't believe in the Devils. I don't believe in the Devils. I think they're going to make the playoffs. And as a fan of hockey, I think it would be awesome to see Taylor Hall in the playoffs. And I will say that unless they're playing with the Penguins, I guess, or I guess the Bruins maybe, like, or Lightning, but like, if they play one of these other teams... You didn't, could, a, you didn't think it went around. Well, there's a realistic scenario that they will have the best player in the series in Taylor Hall, and I'm very curious to see how that unfolds. Yeah, yeah. No, that would be... Uh, I think that'd be a great story. That would be a great and, story. Um, all right. Um, what are the, Columbus. I'm looking at... So I'm going basically down in order right now. Columbus... Isn't is Columbus sitting, depressing? Sitting in a wild card spot. They add... Who did they add? Thomas Vanek, Mark Letestu, and Ian Cole. Like, what, Ian, what Ian the Cole. hell? Uh, yeah, uh, do they know what year it is in Columbus? Like they know it's 2018, right? Man, that's bizarre. And like, I don't, I don't mind that team at all. I think they have some interesting talent and depth, but, but they've, they've struggled they've to score this year for two months. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. really struggled to score. And I would not say that any of those guys are going to move the needle in terms no. of the uh, goal scoring. Up and it's crazy when you watch them. Like I, I saw them. I went and saw them play against the Leafs here a week or so ago. And it's unbelievable how much of their offense just flowed through the point. Mm. Like it's just get up to the point and gun it. And and it's, I don't know. I I I, I that's a hard team for me to like. And it's a shame because they've got like I do think they're set for sort of the next decade. Like right. you have Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, you have yourself a platform on which to build a contender. But you know, um, I don't feel like the forwards are particularly close at the moment. No, they're not. Um... And obviously, you know, Bobrovsky's kind of getting this rap as 
being a regular season goalie, whatever that means, and he struggled a bit in the first round. But, uh, that's but one how of many those first things. rounds are we talking about? Two, three? Yeah, but that's what I'm, I would like for him to have a nice little playoff run so people stop citing those stats because they're very he, irrelevant. He, he, he goes on, he goes on, like you have your own little list like me with Ovechkin and, yes. and Thornton and Bob's guy, a guy on Guys it. who have struggled in like eight playoff games. Yeah, yeah, and everyone's <laughs> like, they're awful. Yeah. Um, Eastern Conference, I, I, we've talked about the main stuff, I feel like. I mean, the Bruins, I like the Rick Nash edition. I think he still has a bit left in the tank. Do you? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We'll see what he is. I'm kind of skeptical at this point. I think he's fine. I, I, I guess you could add him to the list of people yeah. who have been unfairly maligned with their yeah, playoff. Yeah, but you know what? I feel like with him, I, I don't know. He, I don't know. To me, I, I've never been the world's biggest Rick Nash fan. Mm. And part of that's just like, you know, he goes first overall. And as far as first overalls go, like, is he a particularly good one? I think he's perfectly fine. He seems to have had a nice little NHL career for himself. But you think, you think as far as first overall picks go, is he even an average first overall pick? Who would you rather have, Kovalchuk or Nash? Kovalchuk. Who would you rather have? Uh, who went first in 03? Oh, it was Fleury or Nash? Nash. Okay, 04 was uh, Ovechkin. Or, yeah, Ovechkin, or, obviously. Okay, Crosby. Yeah. Yes. Eric Johnson. <laughs> we take Johnson or Nash? Nash. <laughs> okay, so that's 06. Who's 07? Um, whose year was 07? I don't know. I was like four years old. At the time. Uh, that's JVR. That's the JVR. Oh, Kane. Kane or Nash? Kane. Uh, 08 is, uh, is that the Tavares year? No, that's the year before the Tavares year. It's because Tavares is 09. Stamkos? Oh, yeah, Stamkos or Nash? Stamkos. Tavares or Nash? Tavares. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Taylor or Nash? Game, yeah. Oh. Really? Yeah, no, I, I take Hall. I take Hall. You take Hall. Uh, I think, I think Ray Nash has been fine. I mean. I just mean that by first round. It first sucks r- that he spends so much time on Columbus while they were. <laughs> the spinning their wheels yeah still. no fair enough fair enough and that may be part of the issue too is that he burned the yeah, best those part of his years. career like he was yeah. doing so yeah. much heavy yeah. lifting with nothing around him and yeah so i don't know sure if rick nash wins the stanley cup you know god bless i don't even need, need him to win a stanley cup but just if he you scores like have a good playoff five goals in 12 games or something just so people stop talking about how he can't score any goals in the playoffs all right so we don't need rick nash to win a stanley cup we just as long as to... none of those goals are on sergey bobrovsky right right so. right right yeah so a columbus a columbus uh, boston matchup a columbus boston. Boston. yeah i wouldn't know what to cheer for i guess what you'd want is like columbus i guess what you'd want is like columbus to win the series in seven winning each game 2-1 with Nash, Nash scoring, scoring the seven goals. goals. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Now that would be or, a, yeah, Nash scoring all the goals. It would be more than seven. That would yeah. be a PDO cast special. Yes. Um, was there any other team out east? Um, yeah, I don't know. Toronto didn't do anything. Um, well, they added, they, added, uh, they added the turtleneck. The other I, turtleneck. I, I don't know. That's So they went and got a fourth center. Who cares? Yeah. I'm the, uh, I'm the new turtleneck sheriff in Toronto. Toronto who cares? The Panthers... Uh, I you know I thought the Red Wings good for them for going out and getting some picks. Don't you think it's bizarre that I understand that probably the Carlson McDonough talks like kind of got in the way of because everyone was like why would we go for Mike Green when we can try and get one of these two guys and then it just like it was going super late into the towards the deadline and then there was no time but it's weird for me like why wouldn't Vegas have just taken Mike Green and added. Like a six round pick or something. Like it just like it's well, so weird to the, me that Mike Green is still in this Red the, Wings team. The Athletics, uh, Craig Custance of the Athletic, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast. I believe he's a member of your your Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore yeah. Yes. Uh, he actually had a good story about this yesterday, talking about how the day unfolded from Detroit's perspective. Hmm. And it sounds like the issue with Green was that he has a, an injury that might recur, right? Which made teams really uncomfortable trading for him. 
And I don't know, at this stage for me, he's a pretty specialized piece. Like, I feel like 15 years ago, teams were like, oh, yeah, get guys, get guys. And now maybe they're a little more cautious about the guys they get. Right. And so when I look at Green, I'm like, well, is he anything more than a third-pair guy in a good team? No, but there's value in that. Yeah, but I mean, is, he, is he even a good third-pair guy? Okay, but so would you rather have Mike Green or Ian Cole at this point? Uh, I don't know if I'd have a preference. Like, I, I feel I, like on I, the odd chance that Mike Green could do something useful, I would take a well, flyer Well, here's on him. the thing. Ian Cole can play higher up the lineup without killing you. Whereas Mike I Green, would disagree. He just, I think he just kills you in more subtle ways. Ah, more subtle ways. Mm. Well, I don't know. I, but put it, put this, the fact that we're even having to be sort of says oh, to yeah, me it's... that Mike Green's not exactly, uh, <laughs> you know. And the thing is, too, like, like, oh, he can play in the power play. Sure, but like there was well, talk about Tampa. Tampa doesn't need a guy for their power play. Yeah. Uh, there was talk about Toronto. Toronto doesn't need a, a guy for their power play. Right. So, you know, and even you just brought up Vegas. Vegas doesn't need a guy for their power That's play. That's right. So, yeah, I don't know. I think as guys get older and you start to, and their skill base erodes, you're looking at very narrow slots that might work for mm-hmm. them. Well, yeah. And, you know, to Detroit's credit, I mean, we just talked about the Canucks earlier. Like, they're in a very similar spot, but they actually wound up getting picks for a guy, which yeah. the Canucks didn't get to do. So, um, okay. That is it for the Eastern Conference. Um, oh, actually, we haven't talked about Ottawa. Let's talk about Eric Carlson. Do you wanna do you wanna share some thoughts on on Eric Carlson? Eric Carlson? I, I, I thought a... Ottawa made the right play not trading him. Uh, I think they'll probably. Um, I think they'll probably do better this summer trading him, just because I think they'll be a bigger market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there'll be a bigger market for him. Um, and so to me, I, I think they made the right... Like, it goes back to what we talked about with Gunner, right? Like, you can get the platter of stuff right now. Yeah. But I'd rather wait, you know, and see, you know, maybe somebody... And like, because like, I, I made this point. I, I wrote about Carlson today. Uh, it's pretty popular. Mm. Um, is, is that the word you would use to describe the article? It's a word. <laughs> um it's no, I, I but I wrote about it. Like one of the points I made was that this is a weird season because you could have L.A., Chicago, Edmonton all in the draft lottery. Yeah, and you know I, I've made this point before about I, I don't think anyone's trading the Darlene pick for him. Mm-hmm. I could see Edmonton or Bo- or or Chicago or L.A. looking to structure something to get Carlson if they had say pick two through four. Yeah, um, you know it's no guarantee, but particularly Chicago and L.A. Like you know they only get so many chances to ring the bell. And, you know, like you only get a Dowdy uh, Kopitar combo or a Taves Kane combo so many times, mm-hmm. like in a century for a franchise. So when you have it, you kind of got to be all in, I think. So, I, you know, I liked what Ottawa did. I know it's easy to kind of kick Pierre Dorian right now, but I think he made the right call holding on to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what he gets. We'll see what he gets when the summer comes. Yeah, it's definitely a roll of the dice. I mean, it's tough to say how much he could have gotten right now. You'd think that he would have gotten more from a team based on the fact that they have Carlson for two runs. But you're right; well, what, if the market expands in the summer. But like, assume it's Tampa. What do you think they were offering? Like the uh, the 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 McDonough platter. Does that appeal to you at all? Yeah, not particularly. I think if they got back that exact return, that would have been very tough to sell as yeah. satisfactory. And, 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 you know, like, what do you think Vegas is offering? Like, you know, I'm sure it's just a mix of picks. Well, if they were offering first, second, and third for Thomas Tatar, I hope. Yeah, more I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's easy to kind of scream about them on that, but I, I, I didn't think that was such a bad trade. I, I, I Like, Vegas doesn't have sort of a, you know, ultra high-end prospect, hmm. so... So I don't know. What are they offering? Shea Theodore and some picks? Like it's 
But you I, love Shea Theodore. You're the I, I do like Shea you're Theodore. The number one I, Shea Theodore fan. Do you not like Shea Theodore? No, I like him fine. I mean, I don't have posters of him above my bed like you do. But I never should have let you in here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's I don't know. It's Shea Theodore is to me. Um, no, I like him, but I guess Carlson's who we're talking about. Mm. I, I don't know. I I I, I like waiting because yeah. I I you know my preference doing deals like that is give me the best thing I can get. Right. And I I just when you look around like like Washington doesn't really have one of those things. Um, you know, and like and the teams that would be interested now, people are like, oh, you get them for two playoff runs. Yeah, but they don't want to give you anything off their roster. So what do they have? They have draft picks in the twenties and and prospects, and they won't give you the best ones. So I don't know. Wait till the summer. But you don't think Devil's Advocate just sort of ripping the band aid off at this point? Like this, the past no. couple of weeks have been such a circus. Oh, so what? So is Ottawa not going to make the? They're already not making the playoffs. Who cares? So it's a circus for a month and a half, and then everyone goes on vacation. Like it's it's yeah. I don't know. Who cares? Like it's unfortunate if it's a circus. And you know what? It, like it, it's one of those things too, where it can be a circus outside, but not inside. Mm. And it's not necessarily a circus inside the Senators team. You know, um, oh, I would, might disagree. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, obviously, some of the stories are well. We, we can't verify them. Yeah, but. they might not like the general manager <laughs> listening to music very loudly and yeah, as he's speaking. I don't know. Carlson not paying for Uber rides. That that apparently was just completely made up, and people were obviously that was retweeting ridiculous. it. Yeah, well, but I don't know. I don't know. I I just I just you know. In a lost season, I'll live with, you know, if, if the mood is bad, I'll live with it for six weeks Yeah, in order to have a better chance of not having a package built around Libor Hayek mm. uh, for, for Eric Carlson. That's true. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right, Western Conference. We've talked about most of these teams. Um, Should we talk about Vancouver more? No, let's talk about San Jose. So they added Evander Kane. Um, I feel like you're higher on san jose than i am is that uh, i don't know am i that high on san jose i don't think i'm that high at san jose i mean they're a really? team they're a team in the national mm. well they, like, cl- they clearly needed offensive help i mean they're like 27th or 28th oh, yeah. and 5 yeah, on 5 offense yeah. um no I, I and i don't mind that and like if thornton's out like i don't know it sounds pretty grim when you read stuff about how long he's gonna be out for yeah so you know i don't know i'm sure he'll try and come back for the playoffs I don't know. San Jose is another one to me. Like they just sort of seem like they're at the end of the road. Mm. But that Pacific division is so eh, that it's not hard to imagine Tampa or not Tampa, San Jose, kind of making a bit of a run and and doing something. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, and it makes sense. And obviously, like that's a conditional first if they re-sign him. So yeah. like if it's just a rental, like whatever. It's like what a second and a fourth. Like. Yeah, that's a tough break for Jason Botterill. Eh? Like just the lack of interest in him. Yeah. Which is, I mean, obviously there's uh, extenuating circumstances and people really, really don't seem like like Evander Kane around hockey circles. But yeah. I think for this short stretch run, especially while he's playing for a new contract, yeah. like I yeah. feel like no, I, I, he could be awesome for San Jose. Yeah, no, I know. I, I like the move for San Jose. I like the risk they took. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I and, and you know, is it hard to imagine San Jose going to the conference final? Not really. I think they're well coached. Yeah. Uh, and that Pacific Division's kind of uh, sketchy. Mm. Okay, so I played this game a bit with Chris Johnson last week when I had him on the podcast, and he sort of... P- uh, PDO cast, Hall of Fame, yeah. Rushmore, Yes, I wish, I wish I was recording the show with him right now. And I know, it would be so uh, much he's better. He's so much better. Um, he asked me how many teams I thought could realistically win the Stanley Cup this season. Yeah, and what'd you say? Um, I think there's like, what, like five, maybe? Yeah, I agree. Um... 
Because you just said, like, oh, could you envision a scenario where San Jose makes a conference final? Like, yeah, I could. Yeah. I cannot envision a scenario where they're lifting the Stanley Cup. No, it's it's easy. Unless, like, everyone else just yeah, you could gets see, evaporated. You could see them going through, like, Vegas. Yeah. You could see them going through, like, the Ducks in Vegas. Fine. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, but could they go through Winnipeg or Nashville and then go through Tampa, Pittsburgh, or Boston? Mm. That gets a little harder. Yeah. Um, I think, what do you... What do you make of this race right now that's going on with the uh, with the Pacific and the wild card? Because, I mean, Anaheim right now is sitting in the third spot in the Pacific. San Jose's second. LA's in the wild card, and Calgary's in the looking on the outside looking in. Like, I don't really. I feel like if you put those teams in a hat, you could just pull out the names. I, I have I have no confidence saying which of those teams will and will not make the playoffs and in what order. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, I don't know if you look at it, the Preds are in, the Jets are in, the Knights are in. Uh, wild, the wild sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten hot, and it's funny because I just, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of. Them. I, I just, I, they just seem to me like they're not good enough, and every year they get stomped. And and you know, and, and we'll, you know, like, do you have any? If it's Minnesota, Winnipeg. Well, yeah, which it looks like it will be at this rate. I feel like uh, that's going to be a bad, bad matchup for Minnesota. Yeah, just because the speed and, yeah. the, and the skill. Yeah, yeah. I think Winnipeg is just better in pretty much every single facet of the game. Um, but yeah. it'll be a fun series based on the uh, <laughs> on the geographical stuff and the and the How crowds. How far is Winnipeg from Minnesota? Is it like six hours? Yeah, I don't know, but it seems like at those games, there's always fans of the other team, and it's always a pretty uh, rowdy atmosphere. Rockus. So I'm all for that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a mess there in the Western Conference. Like I feel like it's at least we're going to get the good Western Conference playoff race because it seems like the East is pretty much. You know, it's Carolina, the Islanders, and Columbus fighting for that last spot. Mm. But outside of that, it's pretty much done. So, I mean, Vegas is locked in as the number one seed in the Pacific. Um, and then, obviously, it's up, still up for grabs for who's going to be number one seed in the West. But, like, what do you think of first-round matchups? Are there certain teams that you would feel confident actually having them as a favorite against them and then other teams that... Against two, against uh, for, for Vegas, like because obviously right now they could play what Dallas, L.A., Calgary. Um, see, Anaheim. the thing with Vegas is it worries me. Or worries is the wrong word, but I'll be interested to see how they do in a long series hmm. against a team with better top end talent, right? Because that's where you know the playoffs come and you can shorten your bench and and there will be coaches doing that. And and I think you can also just like tactically prepare better for yeah. like I feel like they're really catching teams off guard and it's not even the... how are they still catching teams off guard did you see any of their game last night no I don't was... watch, I don't watch hockey no of course not mm. it's all in the spreadsheet yes. with you. it was like I swear to god there was like like eight odd man rushes in the first four yeah. minutes and they scored on an odd man rush yeah it's bizarre and like every single one of their players like Eric Halla yeah, yeah 30 yeah. goal scorer I know, I know I know like the whole team's on yeah. base like for like yeah 30 career seasons goals. Yeah. yeah it's incredible it's a, it's an incredible story and uh, I don't know, like, would you have them as a clear favorite against anybody they might play? I'm not sure I would. Mm, no, I wouldn't for sure. I think, like, I don't know, there's certain teams, like, I think they match up pretty well against LA and Anaheim. Yeah, just I think, I think the, just their the speed, speed is just too much. Yeah. Like, I don't think those two teams can keep up. Yeah. Um, obviously, they have more star talent, and maybe yeah. in a series that'll prevail, but... I would feel okay. Like I think, like against Calgary, I think that would be a bit tougher for them. Yeah, um, although Calgary just finds ways to lose. Eh? Yeah. Did you see that Calgary Vegas game? Where yeah. Calgary, oh, yeah. That was what the. Well, and last year's playoff series against yeah. the Ducks, it's like how was that a sweep? I, I know, know, I know, I know. It's and it, it must be just insanely frustrating for the Flames and their fans in the front office. Like just Calgary's ability to sort of 
lose, like to snatch, you know, defeat from the, the jaws, jaws of victory, victory yeah, is just yeah. unbelievable. Yes, it certainly is. Um, okay, so we do we have an answer on the teams that go in a cup? It's 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 five. Is that Tampa Bay, Boston, Tampa, Boston, Nashville, Winnipeg, Nashville, and Winnipeg. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's that's where I am. You know, Philadelphia is currently leading the Metro Division. I did not know that. That is amazing. I just saw this. I mean, they've they're nine zero and one in their last ten games. Um, is, is this like their second ten game winning streak this year or something? Like yeah, that? it just it feels like all they're doing is either like ten game winning streaks or losing. Streak. Well, no, no, they had a ten game winning streak last year, but it, right. this year it was like a ten game losing streak followed yes. immediately by six or seven straight wins, and it's like right. that, is, that now, is peak yeah, flyers. Now they're nine zero and one. Yeah, well, that's uh, hey, good. For you like you remember everyone wanted Dave Hackstall fired like three months ago mm. where they're chanting fire Hackstall yeah. like it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Good for the Flyers. Um, that's interesting. Oh, God. So that means we might get Caps Pens round one. Caps, Caps Pens right now are just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Although maybe it's good to get it out of the way early. Maybe if they get past that, who knows? Yeah, well, it's just kind of like, yeah. Like, Honestly, it's, I think it's better than meeting them in the second round again. I yeah. feel like that would just be very cruel. Um, what about, so we talked about Stasny from Winnipeg's perspective. I, I like, I like. St. Louis is a team that, for a variety of reasons, never really gets talked about much, and they're just sort of kind of flying on the radar. But I love the fact that, like, they're confident enough in their ability to, year over year, critically evaluate their position in the NHL's hierarchy. Like, it would have been so easy for them to be like, oh, you know, we're on the precipice of the playoffs, let's add a piece, or just stand pat. Okay, here's my thing with St. Louis. Uh, they're in a brutal division, yeah, right? and that's that's tough. Now, what I don't like is like their top six was phenomenal. Yeah. Like it was one of the most productive top sixes in the league. Like they just beat the hell out of the other team. And then their third line got, you know, absolutely destroyed. Yeah. And so rather than rather than be like, okay, well, let's just sell, maybe try and fix your third line. Like that's that's the issue I have is that if they got that third line sorted out. We just talked about this with Calgary. Well, who are those players that you were gonna get to sort that out? Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Like they're not they don't seem like the type of team that was gonna give up like three or four big assets for Mike Hoffman. Yeah. And they're not trading for a rental. So I thought Max Pacioretty would have been a nice uh, Oh he would have been awesome for a, a nice a number there. of teams. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, Nick did you so were you watching the uh the deadline broadcast yesterday? I was. It was it was so bizarre to me that like Nick Caprios really wanted Pacioretty to get traded so badly. Like it was just he kept harping on that even when he wasn't asked about why did he want? Why did he want him gone? He was he, he was just like, oh, I feel like so bad for the guy. He's you know he's probably the most miserable guy in the league right now. And um, yeah, it's 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 fair. But Canadian markets are tough, and losing in Canadian markets is tougher. So yeah, as the captain, know, especially too. as the captain in Montreal. Mm. So no, I, I think that's understandable. But yeah, no, I thought he would have been a great addition for St. Louis. Just a shame it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything else we want to talk about while we're here? I wish the Hurricanes got a goalie. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. It's um, just forever with them, you know. Yeah, but do they seem like the type of team that's going to be wanting to pay <laughs> three goalies or something right now? I don't know. Like, is it really that? Like, it's you know, three goalies. Mrazek would have been interesting based on Mrazek would have been interesting. Yeah, say they went got Ranta, right? Yeah. Um, he makes one and a quarter. Hmm. So for a quarter of the season, you're looking at uh, three hundred grand or so. Yep. I don't know. I I would have liked to have seen. It. I I just. I just I find it unfathomable how goalies go there and implode. Yeah, and it's like the only like the best goalie, the, legitimately the best goalie they've had forever is Cam Ward, and he's not good. 
<laughs> but it's yeah, like a, nobody a awesome nobody, 25 game sample nobody could be better than cam ward it's like a, it's like a curse upon the franchise yeah how was uh how's eric Tolsky holding up in boston oh he's well he's well it's uh yeah no he's he's good yeah there was a bunch of people down there at sloan from very okay let's 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 talk about that a bit all right um because you were there i, I didn't was. make it this year i was uh holding down the fort here yes in the six, you're getting, people getting call John it. Shannon's jackets organized. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone's got to do it. Yeah, it's a um, weekends, uh, weekends work. Mm, um, what were your big, uh, any big takeaways? Any uh, interesting anecdotes or uh, talks or anything? It doesn't even have to be all about hockey. I mean, I know you're. Uh, I thought in the basketball, basketball panel yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think the NBA is so lucky for so many reasons, and one of them is like there's a curiosity amongst people about, about the NBA and like listening to Jalen Rose talk, mm. there are no former hockey players like him. No. And, and it's so interesting to get uh, the, pers- what about like Mike, uh, I guess he's not that. Interesting. Yeah, no, MJ is good. <laughs> I MJ's- like MJ, but he's like more in some sort of X's and O's insightful than yeah, like purely yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, I don't know. And part of that's just, and I like, I like Mike too. So, so we're sitting here trashing him. Yeah. He's so boring. He's just an awful, boring Canadian. Well, I mean, now that he can't come on the podcast anymore. I oh yeah, know. you. Oh, you. You're, you feel free to just. Uh, yeah. Rip him with impunity. Well, that's not what we're doing here. I love MJ. He knows that. Um. um so I don't know. Like I thought. I thought the basketball panel was great. Yeah. And it was interesting. Like even a guy like Jalen Rose, who you know was a pretty good basketball player, as mm. I understand this thing. Um. Uh, you know, he was a very entertaining uh, speaker yeah. about the game and thinker about the game, and he had some great lines. So no, that was great. I thought the Friedman Bettman interview was really good. Um, he had, so so Elliot had uh, Gary Bettman and Jeff Vanek from Tampa, and uh, I thought it was pretty insightful. You know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are in the Olympics. Like I wish that you know the NHL had been there. It's fun to watch, but yep. you know it's hard to say the NHL doesn't have a good argument. Mm. And I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I guess we're coming up on uh, lockout slash strike time. And, um, like it was interesting seeing Don fear asked about, you know, his negotiation style and he's like, it's all about leverage. Yeah. I think that's probably true of Batman as well. And it just means that like, it's, you know, when you have a relationship that's structured that way, I think it's tough to, to make progress Yeah, because every, you know, nobody wants to give up anything right. unless they're getting something for it. So, you know, um, it's, it's too bad that the players didn't get, uh, the Olympics when they did their deal. Right. That seems like it may have been a mistake, but, but yeah, no, I know it's a great conference. If you know, if people are ever on the fence, it's always worth going. So yeah, I, I mean, it. I had fun last year. Yeah. Um, it's cool, just kind of, and yeah, I, I'd say that the uh, just seeing the other sports uh, panels and, and sort of thinking about stuff from that perspective is always kind of more interesting to me than actually just focusing on the hockey stuff there, anyways. So yeah. Um. All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. What do you uh, what do you what do you want to plug? Uh, um, have you heard about the athletic? Um, no. Are they, uh, are they hiring? Are you, are they bringing on any staff members? They sometimes do bring on staff people. I think there's announcements on Twitter. Oh, no, just going to be writing away for the athletic. That's what I'm doing. And so you can read it at the, uh, athletic.com subscription. I don't know. Myrtle Custance. Uh, can I, can I say Pierre Lebrun's name here? Absolutely. Lebrun. I love Pierre. Yeah, no, I know. Holy mama. Holy mama, big boy hockey. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. As, as we get ready for big boy hockey in the spring. Uh, the the get pride on board of Hearst, Ontario, him and, uh, him and Claude Giroux. Yeah. So, you know, there's usually a discount around. If you need a discount, get at me on Twitter and I'll find you one. And uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's been great. Awesome. Well, it was fun chatting, Tyler. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on sometime around the playoffs. Sounds good. Thanks, Dimitri. Cheers. The Hockey PDO Cast with Dimitri Filipovich. 
Follow on Twitter at Dim Filipovich and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash hockey PDOcast. Thank you.